I've been thinking about how the term legacy and the concept of legacy is something that we, especially entrepreneurs, including agency owners, and I think marketers, creatives especially also, they uh, tend to think about legacy, but it's not something that commonly gets brought up. And in uh, considering this episode with my friend here, Cloda Higgins, who I'll give a more proper introduction to momentarily, and I'll let Cloda fill in some of the gaps because she has really fabulous experience. The idea of legacy is something that I think we all internalize, but it may be almost taboo to talk about in that we're we're doing the work we're working on our business but why and uh, towards what end so cloda let me do my very best to introduce you as i know you and uh, i'll let you fill Thank in you. some of the gaps because i purposefully did not want to just grab your bio and read it i think it does a little bit of a disservice to both the listener and i think you can give more contextual rele relevance anyway not after all the t not after all the time we spent together, Carl, <laughs> in New York. <laughs> Come on, you've we've met in person. We've had drinks and dinner as part of a crew. So, um, please ad lib. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I don't even know if I told you this, but so what you know, we met at the conference. We met at the digital marketing Con digital marketer conference, and. At that conference, I, I know I saw you before you saw me because you were focused. You were running around and uh, you had a notebook in one hand and a pencil or a pen in the other. And you were writing and drawing and explaining things as you spoke with this huge smile on your face. And I was fascinated. I thought, I absolutely must go talk to this person. And then, of course, you ended up being a speaker and uh, your topic was fantastic. And lo and behold, you are an agency coach. That's right. And uh, you've helped more than, what, 500 agencies grow? Yes. Yeah. Um, through, I've worked with them in various stages. If they listen to me, they'll take on <laughs> the advice. Some of them don't listen. <laughs> That's okay too. But um, I've worked with about, yeah, probably close to 600 now because through the podcast, I get to talk to people and offer advice, um, um, you know, on, on that call as well. Um, Agency Life is the podcast and growitgroup.com is the website. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. No worries. And uh, I recognize some of your guests as well from the conference. So that's always exciting. Yes, it's always great to uh, chat to people who want to want to talk. And the marketing community is a great one. They're, they're not shy. <laughs> no, no, we're not shy. <laughs> that's true. Well, fantastic. Uh, so uh, for 500, over 600, almost 600 agencies grown. And uh, so hopefully everybody is listening with a keen ear. And uh, who wouldn't want to listen with that charming accent you've got? Thank you. <laughs> I'm Irish, just in case anyone hasn't picked that up. <laughs> <laughs> subtle, very subtle. <laughs> very subtle. I'm sounding more Irish the more I stay in the west of Ireland. I used to be less sounding Irish when I lived abroad and lived in the big city. But when you move back to the country, you definitely get a bit more country. <laughs> or a sip of wine, I'm told. <laughs> Not tonight. No, I'm keeping it real. I've got my, not tonight. I've got my glass of water. I'm, I'm on the good path. I go on, <laughs> I go on the good path every now and again. <laughs> Very good. Appreciate that. And uh, it sounds okay. like we're, we're aligned. I've got my sparkling water over here. Uh, anyhow. Uh, so 
HubSpot is a part of your background as well, right? Uh, you you helped grow yeah. people, and I'm sure helped grow HubSpot with the numbers that you did. Yeah, we. I took um when I joined, they um I was number forty five in Dublin. Uh, they had been opened just four months in the Dublin um in in Dublin city. After being opened, I think they had been opened like six or seven years in Boston, and then they decided to branch over to EMEA. I joined the company um. And I, because of, I lived in Australia for 12 years, I had moved home just recently. They gave me the Australian book of business to work with uh, a sales guy, Mads. So Mads would sell hubs to agencies and I would onboard them with the software. Uh, we started off with 30 and uh, the time zones were a bit weird. I would get up at four in the morning and talk to people until like 12 and catch them at their late afternoon, early evening. And uh, we grew that book of business from 30 to 150 agencies in the APAC region, Australia, New Zealand, and some of Asia as well. It was a fascinating time. We had a great time. Um, and then they opened the Sydney office. And so I actually didn't go to Sydney to hand over to the new account manager. I went, he went to Boston and I went to Boston and we handed everything over there because it just made a bit more sense. He was doing his training over there. Um, yeah, I had a great time. Loved working for HubSpot. Incredible company. Um, it was an amazing experience for me. Um, however, once it got to over 150 people in the company, um, it's just a size that I just wasn't comfortable with. I like working in smaller companies where I know everyone, um, you know, not a lot about them, but something to spark a conversation. I feel that's my comfort zone where I can say, you know, oh, hey, Jack, how was the weekend? How's um, Valerie, <laughs> your wife? You know, what's been happening? How are the dogs? You know, I actually I'm just one of those people. People ask me, how do I remember? I just I really like that. You know, I like just finding out something about someone, make a connection um, and and that's it. So once it got to 150, it felt very unusual. I didn't know if people were contractors or visitors beside me in the office. And uh, yeah, then moved out to do agency coaching and consulting full time with Grow a Group. Oh, that's fantastic. So I can see how I don't think you would work with anyone who you wouldn't want to be friends with. I could. Am I wrong yeah. about that? You seem yeah. that just that strikes me about you. Yeah, I do. I do like, well, the thing about work is like, there used to be a time where I was work Cloda and Cloda Cloda, you know, I, I, I would have two different lives and I would never share anything about myself. But I, I don't know, something about when I turned 40, it all brought together and I was like one Cloda instead of having two personalities and what you see is what you get. And I don't hide things. I'm quite straightforward. And I don't feel the need to. Um, and I've also seen the benefits of if you've, a, 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 you know, it's not, you're not trying to be best, best friends. You know, I've been lucky enough to have fantastic friendships develop as a result of work. But I think if you can get on with someone and empathize with them and learn something about them um, and learn about their personality style, their communication style, you're going to work better together. It's going to be more harmonious energy in the office and, you know, as things go bad, which they always do in the office over whatever reason, the client's reason, your reason, their reason, I think having that personal level, it, it does help things get over them quicker, work together as a team quicker, and look after each other. Absolutely. Amen. I've always found that if I don't want to help a client, then it's time to move on. Right? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. If, 
if you don't want to help somebody, then you shouldn't be working together. So fortunately, I, yeah. like and you, I've been very lucky to yeah. like everyone that I work with and as a client or as a colleague or team member, yeah. podcast folks. <laughs> True. And if you don't care about that person or about that company or what they're doing, that's another angle that you should really ask yourself why. <laughs> why do you not care about that person? What are they you know what is that about is it you is it them what is it about that company that you don't like or you don't care about anymore um that yeah it's important to i i feel it's important to care amen well you mentioned the word reason what is your have you worked on i bet you know your why do you talk about it much <laughs> um yeah i guess it's my why my purpose my reason the whole thing is on one very very simple premise which is Anyone that I meet, I all I all I do is that I hope that they leave from the interaction with me as a better they feel like it was a better experience for them. So they were better off as a result of meeting me than they were before they met me. Um, and that's it. You know, whether I gave them some advice, I meant them feel good, I made them laugh, <laughs> you know, or I gave them a bit of a telling telling off because they needed it or a kick or some accountability but I, that's all I really care about for me is like just that one kind of very simple thing around energy and I just go out into the world and whoever I meet it doesn't matter if you're serving me a cup of tea if you're helping me with my luggage in the airport uh, that every interaction is you know god I'm not perfect but that I make eye contact I say hello I'm thanky and or, or I thank people or and if they ask me something I'll do my best to help them or answer that question. And that's a very, very simple premise that I have. And that's it. Um, now, uh, at the same time, there's only two types of people who I've ever met in my life. They either really like me or they don't understand me. <laughs> and that's it. And that's okay too. <laughs> they just kind of go, I don't get that. Like, And that's it. They go off and I go, that's fine too. <laughs> Clara, it's no wonder we get along so well. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You can I, identify. Yeah. I really can. can absolutely. So, years ago, somebody asked me, what do I think is the point of life? And I think ultimately it's to help people. That's what I said. So yeah, it is. Yeah. I do like, you know, and I do laugh when I watch, if you watch Silicon Valley, <laughs> the, no, you should. Oh, you should, man. Oh, it's like, it's a good, it's, you know, it's only short episodes. It's really good to watch, but there's a whole segment in there because we know the tech scene is <laughs> very much like that, especially in the Valley. Um, every company wants to make the world a better place. <laughs> it's like, so I've definitely stopped saying that all the time, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, you know, my immediate world and, and that includes anyone I see in the shop or in my life, or if you're a friend of mine, you, you know that I'll um, do everything I can to help be there and have fun with and bury the bodies if that needs to be done as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm that friend. <laughs> You're a great friend. That's fantastic. And uh, absolutely. You uh, you put out so much value. And what an interesting preface with the Silicon Valley, how they all want to change the world. I want people to change the world. And I, I feel like this is actually something that we should have a legitimate conversation about. But... Mm -hmm. It's as marketers, it's really not as sexy as making people money. That's true. Yeah. Mm. And that is what it is. But at yeah. the same point, there's economics and uh, and there's certainly a lot of intrinsic as well as extrinsic value. So let's talk 
um, sure. where the rubber meets the road using marketing for good. What comes to mind? I have a feeling you have immediate notes. Yeah, I, I, we were just talking about it today, actually. Um, somebody I'll definitely connect you with, Laura Gomez, TDC uh, Digital. Her and her partner have a fantastic agency, South Florida, and now uh, branching out into Columbia, Columbia, Columbia. Yeah. Um, and it just we were talking about that working with companies who are doing good because I was like, who's your good fit client? And I think the thing that I guess we didn't realize when we were getting into the marketing world. And bear in mind today, I, I work as an agency coach and consultant, but I'm still very um, curious about marketing. I try marketing things. I have my own um, Instagram account and I try TikTok and I'm, I'm, I read the marketing, um, you know, like um, gurus, if you like, from all the blogs and Drift and HubSpot. I'm on top of things like it'll probably take me a while to execute a good solid marketing campaign and um, but I, I'm sure I pick it up you know soon enough um but I think the big thing that we didn't realize with marketing is if it's done well and it's done right and you align yourself to the goals of the company that you're working with i.e you spend a really good amount of time of understanding what is success like for them how are they personally um, uh, going to be uh, benefited as a result of the work. So if you sit with a marketing manager and you understand um, that they actually are going to be getting their end of year bonus if they can increase the number of visitors on the website and the number of leads that come to the sales team. If you build rapport with the people that you're working with and you understand how they're going to personally benefit, they've got their business goals, you should know them, Marketing people should no longer be going in and going, here's the brand, here's the logo, here's the design, here's the website, and not having a conversation about numbers. If you walk out the door not knowing the numbers, you're not doing a good job anymore. We know the marketing ROI on every single thing we do now. And if there isn't an ROI, <laughs> there you have to go and dig around and find it. So I think the first thing as marketers is we now have this business acumen and understanding that we didn't have before. It was all very well to be the colouring in department and all those jokes are gone. We now have business goals. We can align to sales and revenue numbers and profits and we can we can help contribute to them. We can't guarantee them, but we can say we're going to do everything we can, all these activities to increase your visitor numbers by 5%. How does that sound? That's our goal. You might hit three, you might hit one, you might not get any, but you're going to have to review again. But you're going to aim for something. So understanding the business goals, building rapport with the person that you're working with and go, you know, how are they? What's their end of year bonus? You know, what, how are they? What are they measured on? What does success look like? And if you align to them and you start to move the business forward, move the marketing numbers forward, which increases the sales leads, perhaps you're a marketing person that can have a sales process conversation, work with the sales team. Over a period of time, you're actually going to have an impact on the whole business. And Laura was speaking about it today. You should see her eyes light up. You can see that she is a marketer who's worked with businesses that have grown. She's worked with restaurants that have, you know, increased their staff, increased their um, revenue. She's working with people. So as a marketer, yes, you can go in the door and take the boxes and go home. Or you can have this fantastic relationship with your decision makers with the owner of the company as a business owner you can really expand that out. you can grow with them and learn with them and teach them and see everyone increase their learning increase their knowledge improve their promotional paths and you, you can be part of that journey and that is such an amazing place to be imagine you 
go and you help a business grow. You could help a mum and dad company uh, or a family business or even if it's just a marketing department in a corporate. It doesn't matter, but you can go in and help and grow and be part of that growth trajectory. I think that's the big thing that I think we've missed out on. So today, and just like you're choosing to do, why don't we choose to use our <laughs> powers for good instead of for evil? <laughs> you know, love it. That's interesting. And it, this this reminds me of a conversation we might have had potentially over some adult beverages where we were talking <laughs> about the idea of this. It was more of a campaign for good. And I remember there was some caution around, well, remember, you always have to keep in mind what people are really interested in and what they're willing to buy. And mm-hmm. They aren't buying a better world. They're buying a better life for themselves. Yes, they're buying a problem to a solution um, in most of the instances. Or they could be buying for vanity metrics. But, you, you know, that's your choice to work with whichever company that you want to choose to work with. Um, and you have to understand what their motives are and not take everything on face value. <laughs> that's interesting. It is. And I think the... That's one of the reasons I'm excited about the idea of marketing for good in a way as a, just a general spirit, because mm-hmm. it's not just good for the world. It's not just good for you. It's good for the other people. It's good for your clients. It's good for, I think it's ultimately good for everyone and mm-hmm. it's, it's good for your own well-being. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Good energy all around. Right. Well, you had some thoughts on sustainability and the economics within a marketing agency. Uh, We had a quick call and you made some notes on that. Do you recall what I'm referring to? (laughs) Which part were we talking about? I have so many calls every week and I give so much advice. I don't document them, but give me a tip. (laughs) Well, we were talking about building a marketing agency that was actively positioned for good and uh, as, yeah. as their positioning. And uh, you had some immediate thoughts related to the, uh, the way that you track things internally, the way that you um, mind people's preferences for what is good for your staff what is uh, yeah. good for the environment and how do you staff and stock accordingly? And yeah. uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So just having your values, like the, the agency you want is starts with you, you know, whether you're a husband and wife team or in a partnership or you're solo, you have to start with your own values and you have to start building out from there. Like the people that you want to attract to the company have to have the same values as you. That's staff and clients as well so having your values and documented and knowing them and have them up on the wall in your agency which um i had the delight of working with an agency in london and that's where they took it to they put their values up on the wall in terms of sentences and statements so that when you came in in the morning you were reminded of why you were there and who you were part of and when they brought prospects into the company to visit them um for meetings they looked up on the wall and said hey what's that you know and they went well there are values and that has closed business for them because they were open about them they have them on their website they have them on their wall they you know they talk about them all the time um so i think the first thing it's place it's got to start is with you and you have to decide as the owner of the business in the beginning you're going to have to do everything you're going to have to wear every hat 
But over a period of time, you are going to have to, you know, as you grow, you will hire people who are better than you at certain areas in the business. Someone to take over the management of the office, the management of the people, somebody to do sales elementary sales like you can actually sit down and do the metrics of okay if i bring in the next three deals that are 10k revenue per month on a six-month contract i can then go out and hire a business development rep somebody to do sales all day every day and that's all they are and then you can give them metrics to go please go and connect with 100 people on linkedin um, you know, book me, uh, get on 50 calls and qualify them, get me 10 people that I will do a connect call with. So then you can get on a call and say, hi, you know, I believe you have a need and you have the budget and, and then you can start to work down your metrics from there. So maybe one or two days a week, you're doing that very high level sales and they're doing all the elementary sales. Um, activities, you know, the very basic things that you shouldn't really be doing after, you know, definitely after a period of time. Earn, I always say to agencies, earn the BDR, earn the business development rep. Go in and just be a ruthless salesperson in the morning and then be the business owner in the afternoon. Um, set, tell everyone it's sales in the morning and then have that holy grail of once I hit these numbers, then I can hire someone. <laughs> it's good motivation. <laughs> and everyone and everyone in the organization should have a number, uh, you know, related to their job, um, whether you're in sales or not. Uh, it's part of um, the entrepreneurial operating system, which is uh, based on a book called Traction by Gino Wickman. And it's the business methodology that I um, have based a lot of my findings and uh, teachings and methodology and processes, how I change agencies. So numbers, everyone should have a number. Everything should be met. You are only as good as the time that you track, the results that you get for your clients and how your clients perceive you. That's a digital agency. It's not anything else. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love the way that you weave in so many insights when answering that that question. So the, the, the operating system, the numbers, the framework, the values, that that's quite a lot to internalize. It's yeah, and it's easy to just go and buy traction and buy Gino Wickman and read it and start implementing it. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, it is. It's fantastic. Wonderful. Well, how about setting those numbers? How is yeah. that a purely personal exercise? How with in your experience, do you work with somebody and that's well, if I do one a day, two a day, no, it should be higher. How do you uh, is it just a matter of pushing and disciplining and strengthening? Um, well, the, it's it's the digital agency owners are a curious bunch. You know, anyone who has direct line sales should not be doing direct line sales because they will find lots of other reasons to do other things that are not sales. They do not want to come in on a Monday morning and do 50 LinkedIn connections and 50 phone calls. They'll always find something more important. I'm the owner of the business. I should be doing blah, 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 right? So the, the point is any tactical role that an agency owner is doing should only be for a short period of time. And I've written a whole blog post and I can send you the link and we could put it in the show notes all around about what should, what could you do as a, a, the role of an agency owner? And none of them are tactical as in, you know, this is what you do all day, every day. And you produce this number and this result at the end of the day. 
because that's what the employees in your business are for. The role of a, an agency owner has to be around motivating, thought leadership, decision-making, solution, problem-solving. But they got into the role, and you know this, because you like variety. And you like doing lots of different things. The concept of telling you you have to go and do these 100 tasks all day, every day, and that's it, nothing more. And no, you can't go off and do something else just because you feel like it. Yeah, you see your face just went. <laughs> you just went, ah! <laughs> Whereas an employee would love that. They go, oh, brilliant. I love routine. I love structure. I know, I know, I know what I'm going to do. And if I do that for six months, I get a pay rise. And if I do it for a year, I get a promotion. They love that. You, you couldn't care less where the next pay rise promotion career path is coming from because you're an agency owner. <laughs> My show notes writer are going to have a field day with this one. <laughs> Quite a lot of information. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> well, you, with all your experience, do you have a story that might come to mind that might drive home both the challenge and, a, and an elegant way of solving? Because I'm guessing that you might have worked with people who are having trouble getting over that particular hump and uh, there might be a story for how to get them around it, through it. Um, yeah, the, I think the, the biggest one is, um, and I know Sahir and Lillian will, will be totally fine with me sharing this. I worked with a husband and wife team in Canada and Sahir was doing frontline sales. And, um, you know, the, the thing about it is, as an agency owner as well, is because you are so emotional about your business and if you were frontline sales, you can go out and create packages on the fly <laughs> um, because it's your business. And we had this uh, really fun period of a couple of months where it was becoming challenging because Lillian was running the office and she goes, you know, oh, this is what we sell. Sahir would go out and sell, you know, he, he's trying to win the deal. Um, but because he was such a good sales guy, he's actually written a book about it. Because he, he was there, they thought that he was going to be doing the delivery. Even though he would say, I'm not doing the delivery, the perception, and this happens with agency owners as well, you know, they, the perception is, oh, this fabulous business owner who's great at sales and has got all these ideas, he's going to be in the delivery team. And when the delivery team would rock up, the client got very disappointed. And that is another reason to get yourself out. Even if you stand there and you open the meeting with, I'm the agency owner, you will be getting an account manager. And you say that 400 times in the meeting, they still have this perception that this experienced, wiser business owner with the worldviews and interesting ideas and blah, 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 all of that is going to be looking after my account. So that's the story is uh, Sahir and Lillian. They're flawless inbound. They're the most amazing agency. They're fabulous. But that was a, a challenge. And then he hired a couple of people and he worked through it. And it, oh God, it wasn't easy. You know, he could see them making mistakes. And I was like, it's okay. They're going to make mistakes. Expect them. You know, like children do not learn how to walk the first time they get up. You've got to let them fall. They've got to figure it out. So that is my kind of big one is get yourself out of that high-end sales tactical as much as you can because you're too emotional about it and you bring too much energy and power and expectation from the client. And then the other role without a doubt, is people management. I see it too often, if you have more than 10 people in the office, they need a person to manage them as a team. Their one-to-ones, their capacity, their personal development, chatting to them, moving them along, listening to their issues, making sure they tidy up after themselves. They need that. 
and you need that for them. And that is not, again, I have yet to meet an agency owner that loves HR. <laughs> they do not love human resources. They couldn't care less, you know. They like people, but they do not want to be doing the mechanics of, oh, hey, you didn't put in your holiday form. Oh, I, I understand that you're sick. Have you got a, a doctor's cert? They don't care about any of that. And they, as you grow over 10 people, you do need someone to massage and keep the whole office flowing, moving, organizing the next cake for the birthday and the team night out. All of those things need to keep moving if you're going to have a great business. Love it. That makes perfect sense. Well, uh, are there any quick tips to distill from that story that helped them get past it? Just hard, fast tips for the listeners. Yeah, just I, I think the first thing I, I give this tip, I think for agency owners, it's just a really simple one is um, if you've got this kind of icky feeling that something's not right in the office, I think the first thing to do is if you go in early in the morning and there's uh, coffee cups, the kitchen's a mess or things are generally scruffy, um, I would then start to question how good is your culture, how good is your team bonded? Because if they really, you know this, when you care about where you work, you look after each other, um, you look after each other, you could be last out of the office and you'll do a little tidy up and everyone tidies up together so there's not one big job. Or is somebody coming in early in the morning and covering it up for you? So that's why you got to get in early <laughs> because if somebody, if you come in normally at nine, somebody could be in the door at half eight just tidying up because they don't want you to hit the roof. So get in there at eight and see what really goes on. Interesting. That's very interesting. And you're definitely speaking to me on uh, certain items. My team is, uh, they're, they're all happy and uh, they're, I'm happy to say that everyone is cl probably cleaner and more organized than I am. <laughs> I like to hire <laughs> folks like that. Good job, great <laughs> thank job. You. Thank you, thank you. But I'd like to explore the idea of vision management as an agency grows. Now, even if it's briefly, mm -hmm. I know we're running cl close to time here so we can start to close sure. out, but I thought that would be an interesting concept to talk through. Yeah, I and I'll do a, I'll do a minor plug for my own podcast because that's what I do. do. Yeah, that's what I do with 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 agency life. It's all about well, actually, it started off with just agency owners, but it has really expanded out to anybody who's going to make the life of an agency better. Um, and and businesses are listening to it too because an agency is a small business, you know, um, or it can be a medium or large business depending on the size of it. But I think vision. It, the the first thing to do with vision is a lot of agency owners are have started the business because they were running away from something else and that running away is corporate job they didn't like or a failed career or a failed a partnership they had been in business with someone else and um, there nine times out of ten there is a I didn't like that, so I did this story. And once you're doing that for a couple of years, it's okay to have that energy to keep you motivated, to get up in the morning going, I'm not going back to work for the man, right? That's okay. But you can't build a team around that because that's not a great story. So the vision is the next important thing that you've got to do once you start to, you know, stabilize yourself and maybe you four or five people, you've got to sit down and go, okay. I've survived the fear. I'm, I'm not going back to my corporate job and that's okay. I, I won't fail this business. It's going to be okay. And stop being fearful and start to build. Well, what are you building? 
um, and the vision and analogy that I use all the time is you're you're on you it's boat right you're on a particular you've de designed a particular type of boat and in the beginning you're probably in a canoe and then you move up to a rowing boat and there's like four of you on there and you're rowing right and it's a little wooden rowing boat but you, in your mind you're like I want a catamaran and I want to have 20 people and I want us to go to the Bahamas um, you know and you have to design what you're building and then you have to share with your team I know we're on a rowing boat, but we're going to be on a catamaran and how we're going to get there is this way. Right. And a lot of the people might turn around. You have to you have to present this to them. You have to tell them why, you, why you're here and tell them what you're building. And you have to read your team and see who's up for that, because there's sometimes somebody in the team who goes, I love a rowing boat. I don't want the rowing boat to change. I just want to row for the next 20 years. And they are not the person to have in your agency. They could be individual contributors. They could be really good at um, maybe web design or graphic design or something. But e every single thing in an agency changes. We've got marketing AI hitting us right now. So even if you're the best web developer in the world, you go, but I love doing websites and I love this HubSpot CMS. That's my life. No, it isn't your life because that's going to change. So agency life is all about change. The only thing that hasn't changed is things like car sales, banks, real estate do you know they're they're very archaic but they'll probably get a right shake up and it'll be all of a sudden you know so i think that's the whole thing you've got to explain your vision what are you building where are you going are you going because you could be like and we're going to the bahamas and somebody goes i want to go to alaska oh right well you're on the wrong ship so you have to get the right team who are adaptable and open to change and you have to explain that to them. And that's the vision part of my story. <laughs> Love it. That sounds like at least an annual project, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, make a three-year, five-year plan, three to five-year plan, share it with the team and pull it out and review it at any time you want. And if you would like more information on that, I'd go to a happy, healthy digital agency, um, dot com. You can buy the book there. It's on Amazon or there's a load of resources on that page as well. Love it. Great. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? No, I'm good. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to enjoy a 15 minute break before I get on my next call. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I, it's been fabulous chatting to you. Thank you, Carl. It's been really, really good. My pleasure. If somebody really wants to reach out to you, what would be the best place for them to reach out? Yeah, I, I mean, I am on everything. <laughs> growgroup.com is the best. And if you just put Cloda at growwithgroup.com, you can please email me. I love any feedback and, or questions or whatever you need. Absolutely. And like I said, we will definitely have all of these items, all of the many items and notes linked on the show notes page at spiralmarketing.com. And uh, Cloda, thank you again. This was delightful. Beautiful. I can't wait to have you on my show. <laughs> I can't wait to be on it. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Carl. Enjoy the rest of your day and um, I'll see you really soon, right? Absolutely. Sounds good. Likewise, Clodagh. Thanks again. Take care, love. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. If we're doing something for the good and towards the good of our, our name, our brand, our legacy on into the future, then it, it sets the tone for something bigger than ourselves. And I thought that what better way to introduce the concept and have people warm up with the thought of that.